Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Dr. Pat. Hey, welcome to Magical Monday, everybody. Let me give a shout out for Mr. Benny. Hello, Mr. B. Good day, Pat, and Magical Monday back to you. Magic, ma- magical, magical Monday back mm-hmm. to you. We got a great show today. Great show. Of course. Uh, Aging with Wisdom. Olivia uh, Hodlitzel is joining us here today. And the reason I love having Olivia back is because um, she touches upon some of the, how should I say it, uh, underpinnings of what it means to move along in time in our culture here. But how does that compare to cultures around the world? You know, what is it that we are not talking enough about? And what are some of the things we can learn? You know, I think really the call to action here is to look at what it is about our society that could certainly do a better job at honoring, respecting, and revering, literally, um, our, our beautifully, beautiful, seasoned population. And I love that we have so much wisdom, and we're seeing some organizations now that know how to pair up, you know, some of the people from a very, very young age to folks that have gone through sort of the middle ages of their lives and those that are more seasoned and bringing them together to learn, to understand, to share knowledge and to share wisdom. However, that is a small movement that we hope as a result of aging with wisdom, hopefully we will bring a new conversation to the table. But what is it we need to know about this book, about what Olivia's put down on paper to help all of us understand that there is a place for everyone on the planet, regardless of what their age is? Olivia, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Oh, I'm glad to be with you, Pat. Congratulations, first of all, on your Indies Awards finalist for the book. Yeah. Um, I, and I want to start with that, if you don't mind. The I'll start with I, that. I'm sorry? I want to start with that. And the reason oh. I want to start with that nomination or, uh, you know, that finalist uh, point of view is what awards tend to mean to us is that we're touching upon something that is so relevant to the time we live in and so needed. What would you say about that particular nomination and making it to the finalist? And what do you think that the people that looked at your book that put you there 
What do you think their thoughts are? Well, that's such a thought-provoking question because um, <laughs> I think that the, the book the book is very reflective and thoughtful about our culture. And just to pick up from what you said, there are, uh, I think, glimmers of change. But um, my own language is to say I think we have to over, overturn the ageist paradigm in this culture. And I think the baby boomers coming along are going to be a major force for that happening. I'm I'm older than baby boomers, and I can tell you, I feel so strongly about it because being a um, a youth obsessed culture that uh, has not done a good job in using those wonderful words you just used, honoring, respecting, revering elders. We have a lot to learn from indigenous cultures, like our Native American peoples and Asian cultures, where the elderly are are honored and turned to and included. And it's very, very different to be in um, growing older in a culture like that. Mm-hmm. And I think we can, we can uh, make these changes by being more conscious about the issues that are involved. And so my book attempts to do that, and it also attempts to bring some um, practical and some hopefully new perspectives on how to age with wisdom and with consciousness. So yeah. this, is a, this is a big topic, mm-hmm. and I think it's very timely, mm-hmm. because we know that we're an aging population, so how are we going to do this together? And picking up one of the themes of your show, which is honoring the human spirit and yeah. c- conscious aging, uh, we need to inspire each other. And I, I really think if there's any word that I would pick out to describe what underlies what I, I wanted to do with this book, it was to inspire others to then inspire the people in their lives. Yeah. So that's just a start of the answer to your, to your question. Well, it's a really good start because I, what I'm noticing, and I'm thinking about this quite a bit, is you really did touch upon something that I experience myself every weekend. Every weekend, I play a sport that engages numerous people of different cultures, Mm. especially uh, my Asian friends. Mm. Uh, And I will say I'm picking up a little uh, uh, Chinese here and there. I can tell you that for sure. Uh, (laughs) But I'm always checking with them to say, okay, what did I just say right there? But what I'm noticing about it is that there is an exchange between, you know, these beautiful, beautiful people I play with anywhere from ages 55 to 85 Mm -hmm. and their relationship in their family line. Mm -hmm. Like one of the women I play with, granddaughters, you know, all week long, grandchildren Mm -hmm. all week long. But what I'm noticing about this is how youth is showing up Uh despite what we call age. There's Uh a youthfulness of the soul. And I think that's what you're talking about um, and asking at certain points in time in your book. You know, who are we now? And I I, I want to just say that one of the themes, and I put together an absolutely beautiful slideshow. I wish I could share that somehow, but uh, is to see beauty in the old. old. See that um, a lined face, a face with a lot of character in it is a sign of a life fully led. 
And I, I feel, feel so strongly about that because at heart we are ageless. And one of the things that um, I, I want to say is you know how often you hear older people say, and I, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've said it, you know, I can't believe I'm 70 or 80 or 85. I can't believe it. And, of course, the, the paradox, or really it's almost a joke, except it's very serious, right. is that that's the age of the body. But we aren't the body. You know, we're so much more. And we're not, this is maybe more than you want me to get into here, but no. we're more than our feelings, more than even our mind, because we are, the essence of who we are is spirit or soul or whatever word you're comfortable with, life force. And that is ageless. And so that's why even if we have an older body, we don't feel it. And it's, to me, that's um, intriguing. And it's also very affirming of the centrality of spirit in people's lives, even if they don't recognize it or acknowledge it or practice from it. So, I mean, how about that? Isn't that wonderful? We're, yeah. We are at heart ageless. So yeah. that's just one little riff on that subject. Well, I love it because, you know, I, I was talking to you about how my mom would talk to us about time. Yeah. And, you know, I never, I could tell you, I've never heard my mom say, hurry up, we're going to be late. I, I, I really cannot think of her, her referencing time hmm. like that. Hmm. You know, you, you know, I'm going to be late for work. Never. Can I think about her ever saying any reference to that? And then I was reading your book mm -hmm. and I got a sense of why. And I think this is what helps me in my life. Mm -hmm. Time stands still a lot for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think about time when I, I'm thinking about we've got a vision where we know what we want to do. Mm -hmm. And I don't think about like, uh, like my friends, geez, you know, aren't you ever going to quit working? And I'm thinking... <laughs> Uh, why would I do that? You know, what we have in a society is we have a set of expectations. Yes. And yes. those expectations don't always help us, do they? They don't. You know, for instance, uh, that retirement age is something around 65. Well, goodness me, think how much fight, when I, when I think of myself, that's quite a ways back, how mm -hmm. much wonderful life I've been living, and that's really the secret. I, I, I read recently an article that was, um, was a series in the New York Times, and it said uh, the titles of the series was, if you want to be happy, do you want to be happy? The question. Think like an old person. And what they had done was they'd interviewed, um, they'd done intensive interviews with elderly in their 90s. <laughs> And um, what they discovered is that they weren't tied up with issues of time at all. They were living very engaged lives. They didn't think of themselves as old, although numerically they were. And so it was really, um, it boiled down to the question of their attitude. You know, think like these old people because they have found a real secret to the timelessness of life. And it really is a secret, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is a secret. And, you know, one of the things I love is, you know, in the book, and for those of you just uh, joining in, I'm talking about the book Aging with Wisdom, 
uh, Olivia Hoblitzel joining me here today. You know, one of the things that I love is you talk about the Dalai Lama in, uh, in a couple of places. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about the stories you're telling is a direct reflection of what I really do believe gives us longevity. And mm-hmm. that is our willingness and ability to express ourselves. And you were talking about that moment because I too have a very similar experience with the Dalai Lama story uh, mm-hmm. where in a nanosecond, some, some form of some reflection or grief you know, enters his thought process and he stops for a moment and you could just see the sheer agony, but it lasts maybe seconds, mm-hmm. not very long. Mm -hmm. And then he allows himself to feel that, and then he continues. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself as I was reading your book, if we could just learn that Mm -hmm. one thing, that one full expression of humanity, you know, that place of vulnerability where Mm -hmm. we allow ourselves to have the spirit show up. Mm -hmm. uh, I know, wasn't that beautiful? Because he actually broke down and wept. Yeah. He was thinking, um, he was talking about uh, the terrible suffering of his people um, yeah. and of the world, and he was feeling it so deeply that it, it just um, brought forth his, his compassion for all people who were suffering. But as you say, he let it move through him. Uh, he blew his nose, and then he looked up and he went on. It was like a storm that just went through very quickly. <laughs> And uh, return to this kind of uh, inspired teaching that he does, I felt very honored to have been able to yeah. study with him several times. But it, you're mm-hmm. right, it's a, it's a very inspiring example. Both that we feel that we have hearts that are open and feel compassion, and yet we don't um, let it pull us down into a place of depression or hopelessness. We need to take that compassion and turn it into action. And so, I mean, hopefully that comes through in the book and some of the stories that I tell because I've been so inspired by uh, many people, uh, humble people who, I mean, we've talked about the Dalai Lama, but I'm I'm talking about Mm -hmm. the people around us uh, and how they have managed their aging process or even how they've handled a final illness. I just find that very inspiring. So there I am with that word again, because <laughs> I think that's what we're all looking for, or one of the we, things we're looking for. We are, and you know, I, 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 when people look at my, let's just talk about career path for a minute, because that's that's a buzz term, and uh, they they take a look at career path, and they look at uh, me, and they call me a late bloomer, mm. uh, I, 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 as if. I have not done anything for the earlier parts of my life at all, right? Mm-hmm. That all of a sudden I'm blooming into something. Now I clearly know that I am, but mm-hmm. I know that I've been blooming into something yeah. all my life. Mm-hmm. In the book, I was really struck by um, a de- the description that you have, so beautifully written, lighting the way, introductory reflections. And you go through and you describe um, this unexpected image of stained glass window unfolding. And you talk about this as an inner vision for yourself. Mm -hmm. And I was so struck by this because 
I grew up in the East Coast, mm-hmm. grew up in New York, mm-hmm. uh, early childhood Catholic, mm-hmm. some of the most beautiful uh, churches mm. uh, uh, in the country in New York. And the stained glass image mm. when I read this just hit my heart. I, my mm. eyes started to fill up. And I, I just wanted you to talk about this for a minute. About that image, well, to yeah. me, it it uh, it is so uh, it does bring tears. They're so beautiful the way the light comes through the different colored glass, and I use that as an image to to introduce the next section that I was talking about: a range mm-hmm. of different colors of stories or, and reflections and spiritual mm-hmm. teachings, and um, that image just dropped into my awareness as I was writing to kind of hold it out as um, an uplifting image because don't you think we're all looking for that how to be yeah. how to be uplifted and um, and I too share that kind of background with you I was raised in a Protestant tradition but uh, the, these churches are really an expression of the longing of the human soul they create these beautiful sanctuaries and just to walk into them even if you don't go there to, to worship we can't help but be moved. And that sort of comes to one of the central themes of the book, which is that in the later years, perhaps, we're called more deeply to an inner life or to the spiritual dimension of our life because some of the outward things may not be um, calling us as strongly. You know, we may be living a little bit more quietly or... um, now, you, you sound like an exception to that. <laughs> you describe yourself <laughs> as a late bloomer, and I certainly am going full tilt myself, and I'm 81, you know, and I, I, I've been doing lots of talks about the book and find people so interested in, the, in this subject. But just going back to the stained glass window, I think that um, we need something that is beyond ourselves, and mm-hmm. I would refer to that as um, a spiritual life or an inner life, that helps us to create a kind of inner resilience. And I love that term, that phrase, inner resilience, because that's what we need when we face some of the challenges that older age will inevitably bring to us. So I would, you know, ask, uh, do people have some kind of a practice, something they're very dedicated to that helps them to develop that inner resilience? And, you know, it could be meditation or prayer, or Tai Chi, or yoga, or I tend to ping think... Pong. Yeah? Ping pong. I play table tennis. Yes, yes. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, what the heck did I sign up for with this interview with her? But no, did you know, so, okay, did you know that table tennis, ping pong, whatever you want to call it, that they have found that people that play table tennis live longer, significantly (laughs) longer. And do you know that they are using table tennis as Alzheimer therapy? There's actually therapy Uh with, uh, no, seriously, this is really, now you're sitting and you're thinking, why am I mentioning this? Here's why. I'm reading your book and, and this is why I think this book was nominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this award, why you're a finalist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've read thousands of books in 15 years, mm-hmm. thousands of them. 
mm-hmm. you know, I've interviewed, uh, it's got to be close to like eight or 9,000 people. Oh, bless you. That's wonderful. But never have I read a book like this where I have to stop and answer the questions you ask. And I want to mm-hmm. just, before we go to break, I want to read them. Okay. First of all, the sacred circle is very important to me. I studied with a woman out of California who I never thought in a million years like a girl like me from the Bronx would ever be in the high desert of California on a vision quest with a woman that was so amazing. Oh, who, wonderful. Who took, yeah, she brought ceremonial circles to the forefront. But you asked this question. You say, what is the sacred circle that shelters your life? What larger perspective beyond the limited sense of self creates meaning in your life? What ignites the flame of passion in you? Where do you find inspiration to live your life more fully, more expansively, more consciously? And then you go on to talk about it. If if the people reading this book or listening to the show, if they did nothing else when they buy the book, if they could just take time to reflect on those questions, mm. Mm. They, will, they will be forever different and blessed. Oh, Pat, that's beautiful. I'm so touched that you picked that up because um, the book was really the fruit of my reflecting about these issues, and they are universal. And um, so it's beautiful to hear you reflect that back to me and to the people who are listening because these are wonderful questions to ask. And I think so often our culture is so active and extroverted and busy that uh, people don't have much time to reflect or kind of think deeply. And I think that's one of the wonderful perks of growing older is that there's not only perhaps more time for that, but there's also a kind of deep inner call for that. I call that the tectonic shift, something that happens um, in our later years where our values start to shift slightly and maybe a little bit towards uh, the inner life and, and looking at questions like that or doing what you did going on a vision quest, which is just... Uh, I'm sure that was a very life-changing thing to do. Oh, yeah. 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 It was beyond life-changing. And, you know, what happened to me changed the entire landscape of my future. Oh, you know, I, I went at a time when I was in, in a graduate program. I had lost my job after 24 and a half years, and I wanted to go back to school. And I and believe me, I don't come from a academic family. I'm the only one in my family who graduated high school, uh-huh. uh, a traditional high school. All my, my mom, my stepmom, they went and got GEDs and went on. But mm-hmm. for me, I was on track to be a very high-paid corporate executive based on what I was researching. Mm-hmm. And I went on this vision quest with Sidonia Cahill. Mm-hmm. And... I couldn't even reconcile Mm. what happened to me with that spiritual awakening Mm. and where I was in my life. We're going to take a short break, Olivia. When we come back, it is that those moments that you speak so beautifully of in the book 
you call them different things. At one point, I think you asked the question, I hope I get this right, how do we stay awake to life? How do we stay awake to life? And, And here's why I love this book. You know, so many people I've interviewed, and there are so many people claim that we are here asking three questions. Why am I here? Where did I come? I mm. never asked them those questions. Mm-hmm. I, those are not questions that I would ask myself. I ask more questions like the ones you have in this book. Uh-huh. <laughs> These are the questions that I even asked myself over this past weekend. Uh-huh. Really, as I was reading this over yeah. this past weekend, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Olivia is going to take us on the journey. What do we do when we find the answer to the question, Who are you now? Who am I? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. And we've got three copies of the book to give away. Take your own journey with the angels with Claire Candy Huff's Heaven Sent Guided Angel Meditation CD. Letting go of concerns and living in the now. This beautiful CD walks listeners through practical exercises to help free them from the burdens, worries, and concerns of daily life. Walking a quarter of the way across the bridge, you see a bright emerald green light and sense a loving presence. This is Archangel Raphael's green healing energies, nourishing and revitalizing you. Take a moment now to bathe in this green healing light. Giving you much more than just relaxation and stress release, this wonderfully narrated CD provides vivid visualization, soothing and inspiring music, and an angel's choir that will bring you peace, clarity, and a newfound awareness. Visit angelhealinghouse.com today. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Defining success and putting minds to work. With the Higher Learners Career and Leadership Series, Rudy Racine will help you craft your personal definition of success, offering support and guidance as you move forward towards your goals. Take the leap. With the right mix of focus and motivation, anything can be achieved. Tune in every first and third Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 Eastern. And for more information on Rudy Racine and Higher Learners, visit Rudy's site at higherlearners.com. That's H-I-R-E learners.com. The knowledge book currently studied in 39 countries and 15 languages around the world accelerates our evolution, takes us out of depression, offers universal truths, protects us, and makes us stronger, both spiritually and physically. So if you are interested in the knowledge book, visit usa.thenowledgebook.net and tune in to the Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasik on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. 
Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. You may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife, and you may ask yourself, Welcome back. Um, you know, this book uh, that Olivia has written is just amazing. It's so different than anything I've ever read. It's called Aging with Wisdom. And you know, what happens through this book is we all get to acknowledge and become infused with the wisdom of her writing, her life, uh, her experiences. Um, her own transitions and uh, awakenings. And I love, I love, love, love the way that this book is written. Everything from looking at the words that the masters, you know, might call into being, you know, everything from there to looking at what we learn from ordinary consciousness, consciousness in general, and, you know, looking at our spirituality as our compass for the way that we move through life. And uh, I would love to give a copy of the book away, Benny, right now. We have three copies to give away. 1-800-930-2819, uh, first caller, 1-800-930-2819. Olivia, what is the best way for people to find out more about you, but also to get a copy of your book? Uh, well, I have a I have a website which is um, under my name Olivia Hoblitzel, which is a hard name, H O B L I T Z as in zebra E L L E dot com. That's easy enough, and mm-hmm. so there's information on that website, and um, I I blog for Psychology Today. Mm-hmm. I haven't done any. I need to write another one. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> And I have another website from the first book. I should mention the first book called 10,000 Joys and 10,000 Sorrows, A Couple's Journey Through Alzheimer's. And Mm -hmm. that's the book we talked about before, Pat. And it continues to sell. It's done very well. It's so heartwarming because Mm -hmm. it has a somewhat um, different perspective on looking at dementia, which is, of course, so widespread. Anyways, there's that website, too. So... That's probably the best ways, and people can get the book through, I always want to say, first your independent bookstore, but mm-hmm. then Amazon also carries it, and it carries as, as an ebook too. So that awesome. pretty well covers that question. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things to ask you about, but I want to ask you this question. Um, I can only imagine what it's like for someone to write a book like this. I I I wonder about your own experiences as you're writing, your own reflections. I wonder about how writing a book like this changed you. And I'd love to know a little bit about that. (laughs) Thank you for asking that question because people don't usually ask it. And it is a very mysterious process. 
first of all, because I was kind of catapulted into this whole field of aging and caregiving, because my husband was 14 years older and and died, and then Mm -hmm. I gave so many workshops and book talks and so on, I kept thinking about this topic. And so there was this, this, well, I've always loved old people, and here now I am one. It's just like, how did I get here? But it's, it's, um, it was a real call. I've got to share what I've discovered. I must do that. So I did it with the first book, and then this book began to germinate. And I found um, a friend with a, a, uh, an alcove off of an extra room, which I set up as my writing place. I, it helped me to get out of my own space, my own house. Yeah. And I... I have an altar, a very simple little altar, and I always start with kind of a ritual before I start writing. And it's a, it's really almost um, to open up to something that's beyond me so that I can be, if you will, a conduit for um, from wisdom, for wisdom uh, or inspiration or intuition or insight, all of those wonderful words. And the book is actually a very, I think, an interesting read because it's a lot of short pieces. And I'm told that um, people should read it slowly because there's so much in there. I, it's sort of the fruit of my own contemplation, my own asking these questions that I've lived with and that I've used in my teaching. And um, I, I must share this. That was the call. I must share this. And... How do I stay inspired? So, for instance, the second section is called Wisdom Treasures, and it's about, I don't know, 12 or 14 of uh, either stories or teachings that have been most inspiring for me, and so I wanted to share them with others. And I think some will speak to you more than others, obviously. And Mm -hmm. then the third section, of of course, we need to look at the whole subject of what I call passages, dying into life. We have to look at the reality of our own mortality. It's not a heavy topic. It's it's one that uh, wakes us up because we realize life is short in a way. It's not. Every day seems so long to me now because this is the mystery of time you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the last section um, I call way showers because I got intrigued with this idea, I don't know where the word came from, it just dropped into my head somewhere, that um, all through life we have mentors or teachers or um, spiritual guides or whatever, and so we need way showers to show us how to go, go into our older years with inspiration. And I just have six profiles of people that sort of stood out for me, and... Um, that's how the book unfolded, bit by bit, and then I wanted to weave it together with those kind of introductory reflections that are in each section. And I, it, the book has a lot of very personal things in it, because I think um, the personal is universal. You know, your story is my story. We, we, that's how we connect, is through telling our stories. So I, that's a, uh, maybe too long an answer to your question, but that's no, how no. the book unfolded. Well, you know, and, you know, for me, when I read a book like this, I'm really touched by it because, you know, for so many of us, uh, we were maybe not the best at articulating what you've been able to put in the book. Um, and especially when I get to the chapter on compassion for yourself, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is a big takeaway right here for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, like, if there's an age where, you know, we, like, start thinking about this now. I think, yeah, like, the minute you can think, start thinking about this one. Like, like if you're a year old, start thinking about this. Because it is a lifelong journey to learn compassion for ourselves. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I agree with you. And I think, um, I don't want to try to explain it in any way, but I do think some of the influence of the Judeo-Christian tradition has uh, instilled in a very, for, for me, I'll be personal about this, a very subversive way, um, this idea of, of sin and guilt, and those aren't too helpful to live with, I don't think. Mm. They affect one's self-esteem, and I know, I mean, I, I just have to go back to the, <clears throat> to the Dalai Lama for a moment. When he first came to the West, he couldn't understand why he was picking up um, so much self-doubt and so much worry and um, anxiety in Western people and low self-esteem. He, he couldn't understand that because he'd never seen it before. And when you grow up, I'm not saying um, any one culture has the answer to this, but we do. We are subject to very different cultural influences. And so coming back to this uh, short section on compassion for ourselves. It is really important because if we can't have that, it makes it very difficult to have compassion for other people because we tend to be locked into self-judgments or uh, self-doubts or worries and anxieties, that sort of thing, instead of realizing, oh, we're beautiful souls, you know, and we're doing the best we can, and we need that opening the heart towards ourselves. So I think that's a very important um, brief section in the book. In the book, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. The thing that I'm, I'm also struck by is, you know, I too have been told by people that, of course, inspired me that they used to say to me, Pat, you know, you can't take a person to a place you haven't gone yourself. Exactly. And exactly. you know, that was their way of saying, uh, you know there's a way to preach to the choir, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at some point in time, our life experiences, and we're all unique, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. give us an individual and unique blueprint. There are no two of us that are alike, and yet we're alike in so many ways. Yes, um, yes. That's right? beautifully said. Beautifully yeah. said. And, and, you know, one of the things that I, I wanted to ask you about this is there is what I love to call a takeaway. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a reason that you and I are speaking, and that reason pr- pretty much transcends anything that you and I could think of in this very moment. Mm-hmm. There's a reason. Some people are going to hear this show. I don't know where they're going to hear it, what country, what time. Mm-hmm. You know, clearly um, several copies of the book are already gone. Mm-hmm. But the question I want to ask is, there's a universal message I think you're bringing forward. And I wanted to ask you to tell us what that is, you know, to tell us what the message is from your perspective that we all um, could become more mindful about and take better action with. My goodness, you ask wonderful questions, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to start by appreciating that. 
I would say uh, no one's asked that question before, and <laughs> I I would say that um, our it's, well, it has to do with how I see the purpose of life, which is to um, to grow into our wholeness, into the inspired person that we're meant to be, and that involves uh, turning the compass away from um, I, me, and mine, all self-oriented. A view of life towards the other, towards compassion for those around us, for, I've referred before, but to the opening of the heart so that we can respond to uh, the challenges and the suffering that is in the world. And it's about that shift of direction from um, me to the other. And what lies at the heart of it is really love, because I think many of us would agree that Part of our assignment here in coming to this uh, life is to learn how to love. And love, of course, takes many, many forms. We tend to jump to the romantic version of love, but I'm talking about love and caring for the person at the checkout counter or at the gas station or at the store or that you have a, a short encounter with in the street. It's seen that we all are do you know we're we're all here to, I think to find ways to to be present for each other and um so that word love I want to put into its absolutely broadest um, connotations and so that i I would say that's one answer to your question about what would be the takeaway from the book mm-hmm. and the the other might be that um yes, we're all unique. And yet we're all, uh, we all share certain things about, well, what is life's meaning? You know, why am I here? And particularly later in life, what do I need to do to find wholeness? What do I, I, I mean, personally, I'm fascinated by the possibility that one can be <clears throat> enlightened or awakened or liberated and be such a free being that um, our very presence is uh, is a is a gift or a teaching, and I think we see that in some of the extraordinary people who I could pick some from every tradition who've inspired us. You know, Martin Luther King, the Dalai Lama, Mother Teresa, um, uh, Rabbi <clears throat> Abraham Heschel. You know, I could pick somebody from each tradition and say these people have been um, luminaries, visionaries for us, and. Yet each of us can can find um, a greater wholeness within ourselves. I'm afraid I've gone on too long with giving you a complicated, <laughs> but maybe that's no, too you haven't ways. gone on too long because it's not it's you know it, it's not a simplistic question because I don't think we live simplistic lives. No. See, I think the human life is not simple. Mm-hmm. I think we're complex creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think we have enormous potential that we have yet to even tap into within ourselves mm-hmm. and can fully express. And I, so, yeah. you know, I'm always fascinated by, uh, first of all, you know, introspection of, of who I am and what makes me tick. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, the answers I think we look for in life are answers to questions, how can I live more fully? How can I contribute more? You know, yeah. how can I learn the meaning of of paying things forward? How can I, you know, have kindness show up in my life in the moment of my fiercest anger? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that these are things that are important to us. And that's why I love what you're sharing in this book, because this is not a book for a particular age. Mm-hmm. You know, when I read this book, mm-hmm. this is one of these books that you want to start to to look at some of the questions in here mm-hmm. and and make a note, a conscious note of of what in life can change. Um, Uh, I think the thing that's so important in here is this notion of spiritual practice. You know, uh, I use the term spiritual practice. I don't know what else to call it. But it's the thing that reminds us of the truth of who we are. And I want to ask you this question. How do we get there? This thing, this thing, this reminder of the truth of who we are. How do we get there? We hear stories, Olivia, about you know, people being on their deathbed and getting there. Mm-hmm. But I know for myself, I want to get there sooner. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to wait till that last minute. I don't, I don't want to wait for that. Not yeah, so much. Yeah. How do we get there? That's such a great question. You know, first thing that jumps into my mind is um, uh, uh, reaching towards or opening to things that are new to us. I'm thinking about you going off on that vision quest. Oh, yeah. Or I think about... Um, making the effort to go hear some inspired speaker or to go to some kind of um, ceremony or, you know, to keep opening to um, places of inspiration in our in our lives. And they'll be obviously very different for different people. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I would say uh, that the pra- a practice of meditation has been very important because I've seen how mm-hmm. that can... Um, really show us where we create suffering in our lives and how to be free from it. And that seems to me an extraordinary gift because then it becomes something that you can share with others. But how do you find an inner life is a very uh, big question. I think it's partly through finding um, a few books that really look, I mean, many books out there that can be a source of inspiration. So I think it's through um, searching out what's new for you and then deepening what you know. For me, that means uh, a meditation practice and living, living with awareness, living consciously. You know, for example, in the smallest ways, I think we can um, bring kindness into moments mm-hmm. of our day or just bring serenity in how we walk or how we talk you know, these are very small things, but I th- one, of the, one of the mysteries to me is um, the kind of presence that we bring to each other. And yeah. that, what is that? That's really born of uh, asking the kinds of questions you've been asking and that I ask in the book of leading a life that has some reflection in it. So that's just the beginning of an answer. <laughs> Well, you know, it is something that is so important for uh, us to really ask and our li- for our listeners as well. You know, yeah. it is the notion that uh, we've heard it, we're seeing it in quantum physics now. You know, we're, we're hearing those that have been studying Einstein and all of the folks that have come before talking about cause and effect in ways we haven't seen before. You know, getting outside the religious bubble of that conversation Mm -hmm. and talking about, you know, the cause and effect of moment to moment to moment of our lives to literally create, 
you know, that instant manifestation of that true life we want. And then when we get it, not to stop uh, being an inspiration and being inspired. See, I think sometimes we think that this is like I go from point A and then I go from point B. Mm-hmm. And then, then I've achieved the thing, Olivia. Mm-hmm. I got the thing. But <laughs> yeah. life is not about the thing, you know, or we have a very unidimensional version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's not us. So mm-hmm. the questions you're asking are asking us to come, you know, to look within the bubble that we call our lives and then to be able to stretch outside of that. Because if we are not going to stretch outside of it, we're not going to be able to do what you so beautifully have highlighted the possibility of, and that's aging with wisdom. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I couldn't agree with you more. It's getting outside of our bubble and uh, opening to the new, and it is, uh, comes down to very simple moments in our lives. You know, moments of noticing, moments of caring, of kindness. Uh, it's, it's in the little moments that actually I think the transformation takes place. Transformation is a very big word, but I think it's in the little moments. And, uh, you know, what suddenly jumps to my mind is a moment with my husband when he had Alzheimer's and I was feeling frustrated and about to, felt like I was about to explode. And something in me said, no, stop, move mm. toward him and hug him. It was a complete 180. And that moment was so powerful for me because it showed how just a moment's choice made a total difference in the energy of the moment. And I don't know why that jumped into my mind in this, at this instant, except that I was saying that I think our transformation happens in increments in the little moments of each day. Yeah. And to me, that's very encouraging and very inspiring. I didn't write that particular thought in the book. This is because you and I are talking. So I well, now you can you. talk about it. I, well, I just love that we're having this dialogue because I think that's one of the wonders of, um, of, of, of conversation. Of we, we kind of find a higher third, if you will, between the two of us, and hopefully something comes forth that will really touch the people who are listening. Yeah. So um, I'm just very excited by this conversation and very grateful to you. Well, thank you. And, you know, I, I, I want to comment about this because this is so important. I am surrounded by an incredible team of people here. Uh, I mean, this conversation doesn't happen if you don't have the chutzpah, perseverance, mindfulness and so inspired that Linda has to schedule every show I do. Uh-huh. You know, if you look at what her day is made of mm-hmm. and what her commitment is, mm-hmm. and then you've got Jessica, who is absolutely the genius beyond behind all of our technology that is doing things in the world that I can't even begin to tell you about. Mm-hmm. And then Carter who jumped in here and didn't know anything about anything. And Mm -hmm. Benny, who's been with me 15 years, you know, Uh and Kim, who sends out the newsletter. I mean, I'm very blessed. Thank you to all those people. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And I think we have to stop to recognize the people. 
That yeah, was... Absolutely. <laughs> to recognize each other and to appreciate each other, as you have just done. So often we don't do that. And, I, and mm. people um, start to blossom and bloom under... They, 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 appreciate, they like to be appreciated, and we need, we need that. We need more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I want to thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you so much for writing this book. It's beautiful. Um, one last question. Yeah. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Well, I'd like to, to leave all of us with um, a sense of infinite potential about our own unfolding as a, as a whole, loving, compassionate human being. And uh, because I think that's what we're being called to in our lives. I think that's what I would say. And um, that, that this life is a very precious thing, which I've said, I think, a couple of times already. Mm-hmm. So how do we live life to the fullest, which may be one of your phrases. <laughs> um, and that's it's such a gift. And we do it partly by inspiring each other, which I think is what your show is doing and which I feel by talking with you. Um, so for me, that word inspiration comes back again, mm. but it's, it's, it's growing into our wholeness, into the fullness and the joys of being a human being. Mm. Wow. It's, it's a big Thank one. you so much. <laughs> it's a lifetime's work. <laughs> Thank you. Um, website, please tell us your website one more time. My name, www.oliviahoblitzell, spelled H-O-B-L-I-T. Z-E-L-L-E dot com. So that's the website for the book. The book is called Aging with Wisdom, the subtitle being Reflections, Stories, and Teachings. And um, I just wish everybody the very, very best, many blessings, and thank you so much, Pat. Oh, it's an honor. Wow, thank you. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning us in and turning us on. And if you've missed any part of this, it will air again later. And Olivia, I want to say to you that we have a venue, which is a Facebook Live video venue, where we could actually play the presentation you put together. So if you're interested in that, we can literally play a video presentation of your PowerPoint while talking about this. So please keep that in mind for the future. Okay, thank you. All right. All right, everybody, we're not done yet. We've got another hour coming up here on Transformation Talk Radio. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.